What do you do when you learn your new next-door neighbor is a real-life vampire? Well, if you're anything like naive teenager Charlie Brewster, you call TV vampire killer Peter Vincent to help you destroy the evil monster forever. One of the quintessential horror flicks of the 1980s, and quite possibly the greatest vampire movie ever made. It gives me great pleasure to welcome you, dear listener, to Fright Night. I'm Connor Zagari. And I'm Austin Johnson. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to episode 107 of the Filmgasm podcast. You may have noticed a recent surplus of Oscar Sunday episodes in your feed. That's because we recently combined the Filmgasm and Oscar Sunday podcast feeds, so all of our content is in one place. It's easier for you to find, and it's easier for us to post. Whenever we launch our potential new shows in the future, you'll find those in the same feed. If you want to listen to them, awesome. If not, we'll still have plenty of horror flicks to talk about every Wednesday, and boy, oh boy, do we have a good one today. Oh, yes. <laughs> one I've been wanting to do for a long time, and Halloween seemed like the best time to finally do it, 1985's Fright Night. First time here. Oh, my God. I can't imagine just revisit, you know, seeing this film for the first time. I don't even remember the first time I saw this. Oh, I do. It was last night, or two, <laughs> two nights ago, uh, and I actually got to watch the remake as well from 2011. Fantastic. Rest in peace, Anton Yelchin. Oh. We, um... Don't believe we've been able to shout him out before on the podcast. Have no, it's the first time we brought up Anton for sure. So uh, surely he'll come up, you know, um, Alpha Dog. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> he's, he's in some interesting flicks, right? So yeah, uh, I actually enjoyed it. Usually those suck, right? You know, there's a uh, almost thirty years in between, and you're like, oh, this actually was pretty good. Horror remakes, as a rule, I typically I either discount them or mm-hmm. I watch them and they fucking suck. Yeah, exactly. Fright Night is such a gem that it put a little bit of that magic into the remake somehow and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. So I was able, I was able to see both of these for the first time uh, the past couple of days and uh, a lot of fun. You know, I'm not very well versed in vampire movies, right? I know that's something that you're uh, a lot more knowledgeable about. So I'm uh, going to have some fun talking about this one though. And some other vampire flicks uh, later down in the episode, it's going to be fun. Uh, but, but yeah, Fright Night, man, it's a uh, rated R for a reason. In 1985, you know, that's rare, right? Yeah. Uh, shit, it's a wild, wild flick, and you, you didn't really tell me too much. You know, you were like, it's a little, you said it's a little outdated, and the, but the makeup's awesome. Those are true, but you didn't tell me much about the plot or how fucking scary it is. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah, it's pretty fucking scary. Uh, before we get into it too much, I do have one update for the Rewind. Mm-hmm. And uh, this updates our recent episode 101 on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yes. There is a new sequel in the works. It has been announced uh, earlier today with a new teaser poster. Uh, it's going to be a direct sequel to the original film, Halloween style, discounting all the shit. And boy, is there a lot of shit in this franchise. And it is set for a 2021 release. Here's hoping this one works out because they have tried this before and it has fucking failed every time. I'm ready, man. Oh my God, this movie. You know, we did it recently, right? And it's it's on Criterion now, part of their 70s horror classics. That's beautiful that a film like this uh, can get up on the Criterion uh-huh. collection. Well, yeah, you should check it out. You know, there's a couple David Cronenberg movies in there. There's, you know, uh, Season of the Witch. There's, you know, Let's Scare Jessica to Death. There's all these weirdo, wacko, death dream, videodrome, uh, all this Cronenberg shit. All this stuff is on there now on Criterion because they, they know it's October. 
Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> and yeah, I, I just, I adore it. And I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for that because of how, how we've seen some, some, you know, success, especially with Halloween 2018, if it's taken care of properly and you do that kind of disregard everything that happened. It can be, it can be, I, I'm really excited to see, oh my God. So she drove away and now we're coming back to that. Like, here we go. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened after she drove away from the cannibal family? Like just obviously, <laughs> you know, severe trauma and probably, you know, decades of therapy. Yeah. You nap headed idiot. Oh my God. I would love to find out like, what does she do now? Like, did she go to the cops? Like, did they f- ever find these people? Well, is this guy that's driving in the truck a part of this now? Like, oh, it's your rope. he, you're he, roped in, motherfucker. Yeah. Did he just turn the fuck around and drop her back up at the house? This is not, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good on this. I don't want, yeah. Or yeah, is he a part of the whole, I, who knows? I'm excited. Yeah. There's things there. Mm-hmm. And when you bypass everything like Halloween did, you can really hone in and make a nice little, nice little project. Well, and uh, Fetty Alvarez is spearheading it. He, there you go. He rebooted Evil Dead to surprising success. Yes. So here we go, you know, give him the reins. I'm down. Let's yeah. see how this goes down. Yeah, you know, again, uh, 1974. So it's been a long time. Yeah. And that's uh, 1978 to, ni- to 2018 for Halloween. So when you bypass everything, that's a huge gap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. But it's not like, you know, there's no continuity in that franchise oh at all. Oh my God, no. And, and you know, my, my oldest brother, uh, Adam, uh, is in that 2010 one, Texas Chainsaw, like 3D or whatever. Oh my God. He drove, they drove to, to Louisiana, him and his friend for, they were like extras and whatever part of it, but he's never seen the 1974 one. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> that's, I've heard that's the worst one. Oh like, yeah. Hands down. You know, that's the one with um th- that rapper, uh, Trey songs or toy or one of those guys. And then, uh, Daddario, Alexandra Daddario is, oh. She's in it. She's better. She's than like that. the main one. Yeah. She's better than that. So, yeah. No. Sad. Sad stuff. My buddy Caleb, who adores most of this franchise, loves Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Fucking hated Texas Chainsaw three D. So that'll t- that should tell you all you need to know about that movie. Exactly. So, first time with Fright Night. Uh, had you heard of this film? Oh yeah, yeah. It's one of those like um, once you once you break into a certain. Or community or a friendship or whatever it may be. You're, you're in some kind of circle. And that would definitely be like when I met you. And uh, I have some other buddies, you know, my friends Andrew and Juwan who are, who are into horror. And we'll talk about it and stuff. And my buddy Isaac and my buddy Grant. You know, you know, I have, I have a decent amount of friends who, who are into it. And it's just kind of like a movie that's been tossed around. Or have you seen this? And, and then when I was around you, you were like, this is a must-see kind of thing. And I knew it would come up on the podcast. I just didn't know when. And it feels right. It feels right for October. And I love adding a movie to like my October rotation. Yeah. And this is definitely one that I'll revisit in other Octobers in the future. Um, I kind of have like a weird permanent rotation. Oh, we all do. Like, you know, strange movies. I'll, I'll, I'll leave that there. Maybe, <laughs> maybe one day we'll do that as a podcast or something. Just weird, weird personal Halloween rotations. But, but this, this has kind of joined that gauntlet of whatever 30 movies. If I have 31 movies that, I would hypothetically watch throughout October. This could be in there. It is certainly the most well done in the makeup department vampire movie I've seen like by a quarter mile. <laughs> the music at times sure is outdated, but also at times is very creepy. And then uh, the kind of tone, the kind of sexy tone, but creepy tone, but never really gets cheesy tone. I don't know. It kind of stayed on this weird line, but never 
It just kept teetering everything. And I love that. I love when a film keeps you guessing like that. And and it's rare for a vampire movie to do that, to really keep you guessing on what the plot's going to do and what's going to happen here. And I, I don't know. I, I found it to be refreshing in the vampire subgenre. I haven't seen a lot, but I think it's one of the better ones I've ever seen. Well, for me, like I'm a, I'm a big fan of vampires. Yeah. I've, um, I don't know if you know this listeners, but I have personally written three novels, uh, vampire Westerns, actually consequence devil's blood and Meadowsweet, available on amazon.com. If you want to help me out, they're really good. Hell yeah. But Fright Night was such an inspiration behind the bad guy uh-huh. in my book. I see it now, yeah. And uh, I have a character, a random like side character named Mrs. Dandridge, who just drops something off at one point. Like Fright Night and Blade are the two films that introduced, like that were the biggest influences behind my own work. So I am such a fan of this movie. It's such a treat to watch this. Mm-hmm. It's just so entertaining. It's so wild. It's it doesn't feel like anything else. Yeah, yeah. And that's amazing for an 80s horror film, an 80s vampire movie yeah, to yeah. be unique. I mean, this was two years before The Lost Boys and Near Dark. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like this film doesn't come up in the conversation as much as Not it as, should. Yes. And I've always wanted to bring this to the podcast, which it, it just never seemed like the right time. I wanted to wait till we were ready, till we had a, like a reason, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, it feels right. Feels right. Ah, oh, boy. <laughs> Fright Night. Yeah, 1985. How cool is that? We just did Back to the Future, which is like your favorite movie ever. I know. It's, and Fright Night's your favorite vampire movie. It's a great week. That's, <laughs> that's fun stuff, yeah. <laughs> Fright Night was written and directed by Tom Holland. Not Spider-Man Tom Holland, but 80s Tom Holland. The guy who also directed Child's Play and Thinner. He conceived the idea while writing the script for the 1984 spy adventure Cloak and Dagger. He was amused by the idea of a horror geek actually stumbling onto a real-life monster and nobody believing him. Once he got the idea that the geek would go to his local monster movie TV host for help, everything else just sort of fell into place. And it does feel like lightning in a bottle. The idea is so simple. Yeah. You know, nerdy kid sees his next-door neighbor is a vampire. And what do you do? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the age you are. Nobody's listening to you. You're crazy. Come on, stop your seeing stuff. Oh, are you on pot? You know, <laughs> all that. It, it is simple and easy. And God, his friend, Evil, Evil, what's his name? Evil Ed, yeah. Evil Ed. Jeez. You're so cool, Brewster. I'm like, <laughs> that voice, they must have caught him right before, pu- oh, right before puberty when he his, his voice is cracking a bit. And yeah. It's amazing. It was honestly amazing that it was he kept it up the entire time. <laughs> but my, a lot of the people I know who like this movie fucking hate him. <laughs> I understand that. If I watch this a few more times, I probably will end up hating him too. But for, for this time, he was just kind of funny. I I like him over McLovin personally, but you know that's just my that's just me. I am McLovin. <laughs> Oscar nominee Chris Sarandon stars as Jerry Dandridge, one of the most one of the most underrated horror villains of all time. Sarandon was nominated for his performance in 1975's Dog Day Afternoon and is also known for playing the characters of Prince Humperdinck in The Princess Bride and Jack Skellington in The Nightmare Before Christmas. He's also appeared in such films as Child's Play, The Sentinel, and he had a cameo in the 2011 Fright Night remake as the driver who gets killed by the new Jerry. (laughs) How cool is that? Jesus. (laughs) Perfect. His character's name, J.D. (laughs) 
Chris Sarandon is one of my favorite actors of the 80s, and I will never forgive Hollywood for not giving him a chance. It sucks. Jerry Dandridge is the closest Hollywood has ever gotten to doing Dracula rights. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do know that. <laughs> I do know that there's been a, a the representation for this, which makes no sense for this character, this all-time, you know, fictional character, right? Dracula that, yeah. that can be used over and over and over and just not ever very well. It's sad. And to, this kind of a, this kind of a take on it is so smart. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm well aware that Jerry Dandridge is not Dracula, but just the way the character yeah. is portrayed, it feels like Dracula. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an eighties Dracula. It's eighties right? Dracula. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 He's this, you know, sexy, mysterious stranger. Yes. With, you know, just a lust for death, destruction, blood, and evil. Yeah. But with that weird sensual side that you know, only a vampire can have, it's captured so well. All pieces of the vampire mythos are at work here, making this perfect villain who just freaks me out every time I see him. Yeah, and he, and he because he's going for it so committed, he makes the, you know, it's almost like I'm okay if you make fun of me because I know I'm doing something and I'm doing something wild and wacky, but I'm going for it. And so when you see stuff like in, you know, what we do in the shadows and stuff like that, it's kind of like, you know, poking at it and stuff and having fun with it. I like that. I like how it's kind of the vampire realm is like open doors where they understand there's going to be parodies. They understand that it's kind of silly. But if you go for it, like Chris, it can really work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's fully committed to playing an evil psychopath here, yeah, yeah. but with a weird humanity that makes him like relatable. You, you like Jerry sometimes. Oh, for he's sure. charming for sure. And man, I could, I couldn't escape Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> he just looks so much like I Ruffalo. I just kept seeing Mark Ruffalo, <laughs> Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo. Like, like the kids are all right. You know, Mark Ruffalo, like <laughs> 10 years ago, Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Fuck, get him out of my head. <laughs> I just like the, the, the wardrobe, the like, you know, gray trench coat with like the black scarf. It just, it's what a vampire would wear in 1985. Yeah. A trench coat is the modern day cape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's, um, you know, something that's interesting about, about not just vampire movies, but horror movies, as you can kind of see them, uh, through the decades, right. Depending on the wardrobe and, and that sort of thing. And uh, this one does the eighties thing, right? Not a big fan of lost boys over here. Yeah. Uh, on this side of the, the microphone. <laughs> I, um, that's the cheese. That's the the e not for me. Like two eighties, all outdated. Not just aspects of it. Fright Night has like the makeup and you know the scary moments and the awesome villain. The the other one doesn't. And there's a lot of eighties horror movies that lack that. Lack that actual like girth, that meat. And because they're because they teeter with the cheesy thing. But this one, this one for whatever I can't put my finger on. It. It's, I've just seen it once, so I need to see it more to really put my finger on it, but you're so right. He is, Chris is, his performance is so enticing and so like, dare I say attractive, you know? Yeah. You get, you get seduced just like they do. Am I watching John F. Kennedy or something? What's going on? I don't know what it is, but he's got this, like, I, you're steely fucking eyes and you know, you're just looking at him and you're just looking at, oh, he's about to bite this lady. I don't care. Yeah. But (laughs) goddamn, even when he's like, you know, Faking being human, it's something like so tantalizing about his company. 
Yes. He, it's the, I don't know what it is, man, but yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got it. He's got it. And you know, I, I think, I think Mark Ruffalo has, has had that before in his career and can have that, you know, oh, that Ruffalo has fucking nothing to do with this movie, but he just, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I see, I see him if this were to be made right now <laughs> or 10 years ago, even though they did it 11 or nine years ago, <laughs> I think he would do really well at it. If they were going for like a shot for shot kind of remake, yeah. I could see Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah, really trying to capture the exact eighty five. I'm magic. glad I'm glad they didn't do that because mm. that would have been a huge mistake. It would have been a nightmare. So, oh my God, oh yeah, we'll Mark, talk. Mark Ruffalo's never been talked about this much on any podcast <laughs> we've done. <laughs> we love you. We'll talk more about Jerry when we get into the plot. Uh, William Ragsdale plays Charlie Brewster, dumb kid who doesn't really handle this whole thing in the smartest way. No, not necessarily. No. Ragsdale uh, went to TV after Fright Night, appearing in substantial roles on shows such as Herman's Head, Brothers Keeper, Gross Point, Judging Amy, and Justified. And uh, Charlie, I get that this is a weird situation, that you wouldn't really know how to handle it, but if you are watching horror movies day in, day out, I feel like you'd know better than to go to the cops. Yeah. I mean, when there's no doubt about it, that this guy is a vampire and he is, you are on his shit list... You need to think of something, and you need to think of something fast. Yeah. Charlie's whole strategy is accuse him openly to people who are never going to believe a word he's saying. Yeah. Fucking Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone does a better job of acting on the fly. Jesus. Wow. And he's got he's got two bozos coming after him. You got some. You got your life on the line. You got to really pick it up. Yeah, dude. The scene when Jerry just shows up in his room at night and is like. Well, we have a problem, don't we, Charlie? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, man. It's fucking tense. When he just, like, grabs the, the nailed down window and oh, just God. chucks it up like it's nothing. <laughs> power. <laughs> Sheer power. Goddamn. Oh. Uh, it's, yeah, love that. Uh, Roddy McDowell plays hammy TV show host Peter Vincent. Uh, very obviously named after Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. McDowell is also known for his role as Cornelius in Planet of the Apes and as Caesar in the Planet of the Apes sequels. Some of his other films include The Legend of Hell House, The Poseidon Adventure, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, Evil Under the Sun, and he was the voice of the Mad Hatter on Batman the Animated Series. Uh, he passed away in 1998 at age 70 from lung cancer, but he was always one of those guys who just kind of did everything. Roddy McDowell yeah. popped up all over the map for 30, 40 years. And Peter Vincent is his, is his crowning achievement. <laughs> I love this Hell character yeah, as far as I'm concerned. so much. This, this hammy, out-of-work Vincent Price, who is so desperate for money, he's willing to get involved in this situation, but yet manages to summon the courage to actually handle it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, throughout this movie, yeah, throughout the two hours, you're like, oh, he, that guy really had to step up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when, when he just, like... Somebody, I don't remember how it happened, but he got really freaked out at the end and like bolted out the door, like cowardly lion style. I love that scene because I always imagine if he just doesn't come back, everyone dies. <laughs> but he does come back and he handles this shit. I love that. I mean, at the end there, they're all hugging because yeah, they did it. It's yeah, Roddy McDowell was a was a perfect choice for this. Mm-hmm. Amanda Beers plays Amy, Charlie's girlfriend. Uh, Beers played the part of Marcy Darcy on Married with Children, as well as various other bit parts in uh, film and TV, but never really anything that substantial. And she does do the uh, the convention circuit. Um, when, when Amy becomes a vampire, 
and she's inexplicably like way hotter for some reason. Yeah. She's wearing yeah. fake boobs and she travels to conventions with those boobs and encourages fans to touch her breasts as she signs autographs. Oh, that's <laughs> really odd. Man of beers. I don't think she's wearing them while she's doing that, but I don't know. <laughs> Stephen Jeffries plays Evil Ed, Charlie's best friend turned evil vampire slave. Surprisingly, after Fright Night, Jeffries became a hardcore gay porn star under the aliases of Sam Ritter and Stefan Bordeaux. So he was, that was what? his future, yeah. He became, I was looking at his filmography and I started seeing oh, titles that were like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's never happened. No, I've never, I've never tripped up on a like porn stars IMDb, but here we are. <laughs> Evil Ed. <laughs> it's a pop quiz. Stefan Bordeaux. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great name. That is a great name. God damn. I'm Stefan. But Stefan Bordeaux. You don't understand. Like I was just I was looking for, you know, highlights, and then all of a sudden I'm in I'm in a gay porn list. Like, well, these are not a, these these might be highlights for somebody, but not <laughs> not film yasm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Good lord. Steven Bo- or Stefan. Yeah, yeah Stefan. Stefan. Stefan Bordeaux. Steven Bordeaux is an attorney somewhere. <laughs> Stefan Bordeaux is, is a porn star. Is a little known late 80s gay porn star. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know this conversation was going here when I started putting this together. Mark Ruffalo and gay the, porn. Yeah, yeah. We're hitting some, you know, some firsts on this podcast. This yeah. is a good one. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Stark plays Billy Cole, Jerry's odd ghoulish keeper. Stark became a TV producer, produced such hit shows as Ellen, The Drew Carey Show, and According to Jim. And all those pornos that uh, <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Jeffries was in. <laughs> you imagine they just went into business. I see something in you, kid. I don't know what it is. He's the Burt Reynolds to Stephen Jeffries, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> My God. Oh, Jesus. The way... I mean, it, this was a hit. <laughs> Stephen Jeffries didn't have to do that. Yeah, that's what I mean. He, he just wanted to. He was literally like, I'm leaving Hollywood to go this fuck is, guys on camera. This is my passion. This is my passion. I'm evil Ed. <laughs> in bed. <laughs> He should have done a Fright Night parody called that. Oh, my God. I'm sure it exists. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. How much money did this movie fucking make? Like, was it was it, um, was it a hit when it came out? Yeah, actually, it was. Uh, Fright Night has an IMDb score of 7.1, Rotten Tomatoes score of 92%, grossed nearly $25 million oh. on a budget of roughly $9 million. So Yeah, yeah. Typical horror. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, ex- money. nobody expected this to work. Like, they were, uh, the studio was developing several films at the same time, and this was considered an afterthought, so they just let Tom Holland do whatever he wanted, and that's why we have this Not awesome Spider-Man, movie. not Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, different guy. It always weirds me out. Like, Steve McQueen, for instance. <laughs> Every time I'm watching a Steve McQueen movie or he comes up in conversation, I just keep picturing fucking, you know, The Great Escape on the bike. Yes. And I'm like, nope. That's not the right Steve McQueen. Yeah. One of the like he sh- he shouldn't be allowed to call himself that when there it is a be, famous Steve McQueen. It should be Stephen McQueen. Stephen something uh, else. Steve Stefan. Stefan McQueen. Stefan yeah. Bordeaux McQueen. <laughs> yeah, that would work. That would work. <laughs> god damn it. Oh my god. Like you know Michael Keaton's real name is Michael Douglas, but he can't call himself Michael Douglas. Yeah, Michael Keaton Douglas, yeah. Uh, Tom Holland. I don't get it. 
Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's a surprise hit because I would love for Spider sorry for Spider Man to be called Tommy Holland. Oh my god, Tommy Holland. <laughs> Tommy Holland playing Spider-Man? Yeah, that'd be great. He looks like a Tommy. Yeah. Guy looks 12 years old. Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, 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 Tommy. Uh, Fright Night has since been rightfully described as a horror cult classic, spawned one sequel and one remake. And uh, with that, let's talk about this movie. So what are some scenes in Fright Night that really, like, you said it was scary. What what got to you? It's it's the makeup. It's the, the transformation, especially Jerry's the first time you see him. You're like, oh. This movie's gonna gonna try to try to make me jump here. All right, and then uh, uh, and then the girlfriend. Oh, the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's some that's some itchy the killer shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really really dug that. The makeup department can't say enough about it. That's where this movie has its gold. But then uh, you know, atmospheric wise, you know, I really like when Charlie is watching Jerry for the kind of that first time across the way. And that's a great scene. He sees his fingers kind of warm. You know, the mouth, just the teeth. Oh, God. That stuff's really not easy to do, you know? Uh, you look into what it takes to do that stuff in the 80s to really make it work, and it's just it's yeah. just not easy. And uh, I, I thought all of that technical stuff was was on point, like 10 out of 10 type stuff. And, you know, then I have my personal just preferences with, oh, some of the, some of the music or some of the pace isn't, like, totally for me, but that's expected right it's a vampire yeah. movie from 85 <laughs> but i totally get why you love it it is right in, right in your wheelhouse and, <laughs> and i'm really 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 glad i got to watch it i i love that it's a part of this october run uh just kind of made sense you know we've done some we did something we hadn't seen at all you know sympathy for mr vengeance before but i think it's cool that you got to pick kind of a like a banger yeah you know we're a horror podcast so october's big uh, of course yeah <laughs> and no, to me to me like october and november they're kind of like that area of the of the of the year is always for like creepy movies. Yeah, I've always felt that way. So November, we're not gonna really stop. It's gonna be awesome movies in November too. No, it's not like we're gonna have you know awesome movies in October and then just give you some shit in yeah. November. It's not how we roll. No, and then December, if I'm not mistaken, we got some like kind of like cold movies. Oh, y'all gonna like December? Cold. <laughs> some movies that make you you gotta get on a fucking you know blanket for. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think one of the unsung heroes of Fright Night is Brad Fidel uh-huh. and his incredible 80s synth score for yeah, this movie. Yeah, for sure. It's so eerie, but also a little cheesy at times. It teeters. Yes, yeah. yes. It's sexy. It's a sexy score. And um, if you don't know, Brad Fidel is also the guy who did the music for the Terminator franchise. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just a rock star. I don't think gets enough credit. No. No, those guys <laughs> rarely do, right? I know. The score might be my favorite part of a movie. The music, the atmosphere it, can it sets. Be. It can it's, be. It's so beautiful. Um, I <laughs> it's uh, I would say that an American werewolf in London broke makeup barriers for werewolf movies, and I think this movie broke makeup barriers for vampire, vampire. movies. That's a great point. Because yeah. that first scene where you meet Jerry unofficially, like you meet him officially later on, but when you first see Jerry, yeah. you know, he's making out with his hot woman. Charlie's like, oh yeah, baby, and gets some binoculars and is like, this is hot. And then sees Jerry's fingers, and they're long and creepy. And then he looks up at his face, and he's got fangs. I love that bit of Jerry going down to bite the girl, and then just looking up at Charlie. 
<laughs> it's so eerie. What's up, buddy? Like, you like what you see? Yeah. You're next. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm coming after you and, and the people you love, too. And then later on, when we when we meet Jerry officially, and he's just sitting in this house, you see him again from his hand first. Yes. And he's just tapping, and the music kicks in, and you're like, fuck, he's in the house. That guy's, that guy's <laughs> weird. Oh, and he just leans over so cheerfully, like, hello, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's, yeah, all of that stuff with Charlie is, is grade A. It's grade A. It's one of my favorite things in this, in this realm, in this, you know, in this genre, in horror and in thrillers, is when the whole audience knows what's happening. Yeah. The whole audience knows there's an evil fucker <laughs> and knows that there's a kid who's gonna, gonna have a hard time here. And when you know these things and they kind of have like a showdown of, I know and you know, but no one else believes you. I'm an adult and, you know, you're a fucking kid. I love those scenes if they're, they can be done very well. And the mom doesn't know what's happening and the son's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to sound crazy because I'm going to blurt out that this guy's a vampire. They're going to, you know, all those things, you know, movies, you know, smoke too much pot, all that crap. But it's so real. <laughs> Chris is Chris pulls it off. He pulls off those moments of like, I'm so sexy that your mom doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) Doesn't give a fuck what you think because I am hot and your mom is looking at me and wouldn't even believe that I'm a vampire because I'm so good looking. So you can't play this game with me. And I like that, you know, movies have done that forever. And I, I like immediately thought of, you know, Disturbia does this exact thing. Oh, there's a murderer, uh, you know, in the house next to us. I'm on a house arrest. There's nothing I can do about it. What am I going to do? I, I love those scenarios when you and him know, because I saw you. <laughs> I saw your fucking fingers. I saw you, you know, you killed that person. <laughs> but they're, they're never going to tell, you know, never going to tell the truth. And you know that, and they know that. And that's such a great trope for this genre. Yeah. And it's been done many, many times. But this is, to me, one of the best ways it's done ever within, within the genre is, I know, you know, it's in the room, elephant in the room. But I like I'm going to defeat you sort of thing. Well, the dialogue that like, you know, Jerry implies that he, like, he you know, he tells Charlie, like, what's the matter? You were worried I wasn't going to come over without being invited first. Yeah. Like he yeah. knows that Charlie knows uh, yes. that he knows it's, it's just an endless thing all on the table. Yeah. He's like, you know, now that I have been invited, I'm, I'm going to come over all the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whenever I, I feel I'll, like I it. think I'll take that offer up, you know. <laughs> He's like, of course, with permission, you know. Yeah, yeah, mm. he knows. He knows, yeah. It's incredible when a movie does that early. And this movie does it really early. And yeah. I, I'd say those, you know, beginning stages are crucial of not being too cheesy where you're like, you, you get locked in because early on you're scared. Early on you're like, oh, let Jerry guys for real. Yeah. He's not just this, yeah, kind of goofy, sexy vampire. No, he's like, he's pretty lethal. This guy. <laughs> This guy's pretty, this guy's pretty lethal. Uh, he's, when he transforms, oh <laughs> boy, good God. You know, the, the eyes, the, the hair was so impressive to me. How do they do this stuff? You know, this is the shit from the seventies and eighties in, in the horror genre. And you know, you know, Tom Savini's, you know, out there. The, how do they do this stuff? I don't know. <laughs> it's amazing. How do you, it's like a superpower. How, and how do you do this when I'm watching movies now that spend uber, amount of money and they don't look nearly as good as these movies why practicality has always looked better yes and you know film guys and i'd say that's one of the pillars of this podcast is is practicality how we we appreciate it we adore it and we know it's necessary for this genre because and we can always tell yeah we can always tell 100 percent. you know 
and it's it's gorgeous. I I really recommend people who, who if you haven't seen Fright Night, I, I would hope you have. But just it's one of those kind of like technical. There's just some there's some wizardry going on, and if you like that part of horror, it's it's a must see. Jerry's first transformation is jarring. Yeah, because you don't know what his I, true form is. This this or the transformation in American Werewolf. Oh, we- Werewolf, obviously. I, but this me is, too. This but is I was good. curious. Me too. This is curious. still really good. I, that, I love that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's that one. That movie's incredible. Yeah. This is a, uh, and it's such a great scene because it really does look like we're gonna lose Charlie pretty early on in this movie. Yeah. Jerry doesn't waste any time. Yeah, just comes right out of the fucking closet. It's just like which is <laughs> which is all time you, when you. Again, when you have a kid looking out the window, what, fucking Home Alone style, and like, oh, the lights, you know, looking at the lights, and then behind him is just dead silent, fucking vampire shit. The doors closed behind him, you know. That's 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 money. That's the money spot right there. Is <laughs> like, uh, I I I feel that way when I'm watching fucking Halloween. When you see, oh, there he is. Yep. You know, that 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 right there. There he is. There she is. There it is. Mm-hmm. is what we what we come to horror for is that that power that force of like here it comes you know <laughs> there's nothing you can do he's right behind you <laughs> yeah. how is this you know roughly 16 year old gonna take out this centuries old vampire who has no doubt handled this kind of situation many times in the past Jesus. you don't stay hidden for 400 years without no. killing a lot of witnesses <laughs> but um i love that you know charlie ends up Catching him off guard with a pencil. Yeah. Just, and then that's that sets Jerry off. Suddenly, sexy Jerry is gone, and we get to see the vampire, <laughs> the monster. And it's a different situation now. And then we, you know, later on, just to piss him off, Jerry trashes Charlie's car because of that. I God, love it. Dude. He calls him and is like, I just destroyed your car. He's got his hand, like, leaking into a bottle of water. You little prick. <laughs> it's like, it's coming. I'm not going to tell you when, but it's fucking coming, yeah. Charlie. <laughs> like, I'm going to play these little pranks on you for now, but I'm going to kill you. you know? Yeah. Like, holy shit. <laughs> With that pencil stick, Charlie made it personal. Uh, <laughs> for sure. At first, it was just taking out the trash, but now this is war. Yeah, you got to kill a guy like that. You got to get rid of him. You mm-hmm. know? It's kind of like in uh, in Fargo, which has been going on. Have you been keeping up with that? I haven't. Yeah, there was one decision somebody made where I was like, you probably should have killed that guy. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't leave him be if never, you hurt him like that. <laughs> never do, never, you know, kill somebody's whole family or destroy everything they love and then leave them alive. Never do that. Or the, the scariest men to me are the ones that have nothing left and you hurt them. You just give them a mark or a scar and they're like, I'll remember that. Like, like Bill the Butcher. <laughs> you don't, that guy has nothing to lose, nothing, and he will defeat you. You know, he he's like I I I am like nothing. You know, you're holding on to emotion. I have no emotions. <laughs> Not New York. Yeah, and and that's <laughs> we love characters like that, obviously. You know, and we love a character like Jerry who's just fucking heartless. There's few things in films more enticing than a well-rounded villain. Uh, a villain, a villain <laughs> who has like no, I don't have family. I am my family. Yeah. And this is, this is it. This is like my craft is like evil. (laughs) And Charlie's friends all think he's completely full of shit. Uh, Of course. Yeah. yeah. Amy thinks fucking porn star, evil Ed, you know, he's, he, he, yeah, he's the worst. I mean, he's the worst right from the get go before we even know anything about vampires when he's like making fun of him about the pop quiz. Yeah. You dickhead. Stop being a (laughs) dickhead friend. He's, 
I'm not the one failing trick. <laughs> How about you help your friend <laughs> My God. with his trick homework? How about that? I wasn't very good at school, so I, I feel for Charlie there. Like, <laughs> trick? Come on, it's not easy. Uh, Charlie's relationship with Amy is a little complicated. Extremely. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Charlie's kind of a kind of a, a dick. Oh, he is a dick. The way yeah. that he, you Especially know. Especially at the beginning. He, yeah. He's a completely different person than the rest of the movie at the beginning. Yeah. Well, to be fair, if a vampire suddenly came yes. into my life, I'm yes. going to be a different person too. Yeah, exactly. But, but this movie <laughs> could have gone a route where he's like fucking Emilio Estevez in the Breakfast Club. Where you're like, oh, I don't really like this guy. You know, this guy's kind of annoying. Yeah. But he doesn't. Because he's a vampire comes into his yeah. life. Well, he said, you know, when a- when Amy doesn't want to sleep with him, he's like, come on, we've been going at, at it for months. What the hell? Yeah, he's like, we've been dating for, yeah. And what a, oh, that's, and you, like, oh, you know what I want, you know? And you're like, what an Jesus. asshole. They're really not hiding this at all. Whereas right? later on, Jerry treats her with dignity and respect. And he's hotter. And so he's yeah. considerably hotter. Yeah. I mean, if I had to make a choice, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a two second thought right there. <laughs> <laughs> and if that. <laughs> Jerry or Jerry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty instant. <laughs> but <laughs> this is this is great. This is such a I'm having so much fun. So <laughs> what do you think about Amy looking like Jerry's long lost like past love? Cause yeah, what is that? I, f- I feel like you probably know a little bit more about is there anything with that? Because it's got to be something there, that he's longing for. Or There is there's nothing. There's, it just is. It's something they added in to make Jerry feel a little bit more human. Like, oh, I love this person. Yeah. I think it's forced. I don't think it really matters. I think it would have been better if he just like seduced Amy just to fuck with Charlie. I think that makes more sense for his character than like oh, longing for, sure. for somebody. For sure. But because yeah, then you yeah. bring then you do bring the humanity into it, and you don't really want that. With yeah. The, with the villain, you kind of want him to just be like, like we said, nothing to lose. Fuck it. Fuck it all. Yeah. But, um, deep, but deep down, even monsters like have something to lose. I guess that's kind of like the cinematic value of like those villains is like Thanos. Yeah, even Thanos has something to lose, even even though he doesn't want to fucking admit it, you know. Or he's like, oh, this has to happen. He surely thought about all the death that he's causing, and you know, characters like that, like surely. But they they want to have the facade of like I don't give a fuck. But deep down, Jerry does give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he does. I mean, he's got this Billy Cole guy. Yeah. Who <laughs> took me years to figure out what the fuck this guy is. And I finally figured it out. I am like 80% sure this guy is a ghoul. Okay, goblins and ghouls. Yes. Yeah. A ghoul is a human-like figure who hangs around graveyards, feeds on human flesh. Yes. Mostly dead bodies. Yeah, uh, Morrissey in, what's the Smith song where he says, uh, belligerent ghouls run Manchester schools. I can't remember. That's a great line, <laughs> saying that ghouls run the schools. That, which yeah, when I looked that up, I was like, oh, that's people who hang out by graveyards. Like, Jesus Morrissey, <laughs> <laughs> you really don't like the Manchester school system. <laughs> but it makes sense that Jerry would have this weird creature just kind of protecting him during the day, which I, they never went after Jerry in the daytime. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. never. He's gonna. You know where he's gonna be. You know what he's gonna be doing. Yes. They went after him at one in the morning. <laughs> God damn it, Charlie. Prime time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I love Peter Vincent's weird 
Fright Night TV show. It's perfect. It's so we all know what that is. We've all seen that, you know, Elvira and all that shit. Movie of the week. Yes. And Roddy McDowell plays him with such like disdain for everybody, even though he's, you know, a $200 a week actor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At that. I love when they go to talk to him after Charlie embarrasses himself with Peter Vincent and Ed and Amy go to talk to him to try to convince him to do a fake vampire test on Jerry. And he's like, well, I'm far too busy to help you. I have just been offered a major role in a film. And they're like, we can give you money. And he's like, how much? <laughs> like immediately like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone gives up eventually. Yeah, I love that. And it's so cool the way they turn Peter Vincent, the way they make him realize, oh shit, this is real. Oh, yeah. The, the mirror. It was so smart. God, I, yeah, I love that. That's the stuff. That's the best part. parts of this movie is, is those technical things, those little decisions to like reveal, reveal, transform, and scare. All those are used for tactics, and it's great. And then, you know, he leaves the sliver of mirror on the floor. Jerry finds it and is like, ah, fuck. Yeah. They know. He, he, know, he knows that they know. And the, I think the scariest scene in this film is when he hunts Ed. Because Ed Ooh. is still on the fence about this. He thinks Charlie's full of shit, but then he sees Jerry in an alley, and he's like, why are you here? <laughs> what's what's going on? And he instinctively just starts running. Because he's like, it's Charlie, right? Well, yeah. Oh, shit. Good, good call, yeah. And, and then, you know, Jerry just keeps popping up. It's creepy. It's that, you know, yeah, you run turns. this way, and then he's right in front of you, and you run back, and he's right in front of you again. It's, ugh, it's creepy. <laughs> and he, you know, he bites Ed. And they hear him screaming, and they're like, oh, it's fucking Ed pranking us again. Yeah. But nope, he comes back with a fucking fire. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> evil Ed. Oh, yeah. Evil, evil Ed. Evilist Ed. My God. And he was, later on, evil Ed in bed, remember? When Peter Vincent yeah. goes to Charlie's house. That's right. How about that? So the the foreshadowing. Yes, so the porn star <laughs> career makes sense now. Good yeah. for you know what? Good for Stephen Jeffries. He knew what he wanted out of life, and he fucking took it. Stephen Jeffries or Stefan Bordeaux. Yes. Fucking Stephen Jeffries. He took it by the balls. He did. He took life by the balls. Many different pairs of balls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good. 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 Good man. <laughs> fucking hell, man. <laughs> um, oh boy. So. Um, <laughs> the, let's talk about the finale. Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> which is which is one of the better parts of the movie, which is good because we know how horror can be. Oh. Sometimes the finale is true. Uh, Before we get that to that though, I did want to. I forgot to bring up the uh, the scene that I think dates this movie the most is the 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 dance club scene. Of course, yeah, of course. Jerry's hunting uh, Charlie and Amy through the streets of who knows, and they end up in a dance club and Jerry gets in there and suddenly he's in like a, like a turtleneck. <laughs> this is tough. This is tough because I do like the walking like back and forth. It was done well. It's, it's I think it's just, just it's the song choice. Yep. It's the, you know, people don't really dance club anymore. Not like that. Yeah. Which I'm okay sometimes with the movie showing its date. Yeah. But you're right. It, it is probably the part that outdates it the most. And I think the music you got, I think uh, Jay Giles band mm -hmm. did the theme song to the Which movie. Which is like hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you you would have rather that be, yeah, like the who. Yeah. 
every song on the soundtrack does not sound like it was made for this movie. Yeah, no, no, no. It's kind of like Prince with Batman. Yeah. So it's like, what, what, what's going on here? But like, fuck it. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'll never understand why, but you know what? I like a lot of those songs. Me too. I think that's kind of like what can hold back a movie sometimes from like being like 1989 Batman. Like what holds it back from being like a 10 out of 10 for me is like those little things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, they're not all going to be perfect. But in that scene, Jerry seduces Amy and yes. Charlie doesn't notice for quite a while. <laughs> and then they start dancing, yeah. For someone who's, you know, being hunted by the undead, you'd think he'd keep a tighter watch on his girlfriend. But, nope. And, um, it is an interesting scene, because how old do you think Amy's supposed to be in this movie? Like, 16? 16 or 17, yeah. The actress well, was 27. Unbelievable. That's, we experienced that with, uh, with Fox. He was 25, playing a 17-year-old. It is weird. They did that a lot. Back then. I know I know that's always been the case. I know that we've well, I always think, had older people play. Well, that's because under 18, it's still child labor laws. Exactly. So, But that, it's just daunting sometimes to see like an actual 10-year gap yeah. between character and actor. And um, after that, Jerry takes Amy back to his house, and they have very steamy sex, and he, he turns her. Yes, and she becomes a completely different looking... I didn't think it was the same actress. Neither did I. Neither did I. <laughs> Looked it up, yeah. Like, now it's hot, Amy? Yeah. Hot vampire Amy. Which, that would be funny. I'm like IMDb if it just said Amy, and then hot, hot vampire Amy. Hotter Amy. Different vampire. Different person, <laughs> different actor. Hilarious. Amelia? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, the finale. Um, Charlie talks to Peter about, you know, I know, you know, you saw, this is real, he has Amy, mm-hmm. I need your help. And mm-hmm. Peter's like, fuck off. <laughs> this is, this is not, I am an actor. <laughs> I do not kill vampires. Act whole, yeah. Vampires are not real. Well, they are, but I don't deal with that. That's yeah. not my job. <laughs> and Charlie, you know, goes to deal with it, and Peter's like, "Fuck!" and shows up yeah. with a kit, mm-hmm. <laughs> with like a a kit of fucking movie props, full blown, full blown <laughs> kit, ready to go. First aid kit. <laughs> I do love that. I don't think I'd seen it in anything else. The idea that in order to, for a cross to work on a vampire, you need to have faith that it's going to work. All right. Yeah. To, to me, to me, that's, that's, that's everything in horror is believing. If you believe it, then it's true. You know, if you truly believe that you're possessed, then yeah, you're possessed. If you truly believe that you can burn somebody with a cross with your faith. Yes, you can. That whole philosophy of horror is like how I've always, I kind of I like ghost movies though, so like that's just how I am. Like you have yeah. to believe, you have to believe that shit, you mm-hmm. know. Like the Conjuring, you know, yeah. you have to believe it to really, The Exorcist, yeah, all that stuff, yeah. Well, the reason Peter finally is convinced is Ed shows up to his house, <laughs> and is like, "Hey, you know, there's a vampire out here. Let mm-hmm. me in." And he's like, "Ah," he's like, "Well, you made a mistake, old man." He turns and attacks Peter Vincent, and Peter burns him on the head with a cross. Yeah, and bolts. <laughs> He realizes, you know, even if he sits this out, he's still a threat. Yeah. He knows. And that's enough for Jerry. (sighs) So good. (laughs) So at the finale, you've got Charlie and Peter Vincent teaming up in that fucking dusk to (laughs) to fight the dead. (laughs) um, Yeah, good time to pick a battle. Yeah. (laughs) They go in there. They're going to go out the back, but the front door opens and... They're like, well, fuck, he already knows we're here. They walk in, Jerry's on the 
the banister. I do want to point out what house in the burbs has a giant stained glass window. <laughs> what the fuck? This the, is like the pastor's house. This yeah. is like LA. <laughs> and there's a, like a 15th century <laughs> stained glass window over the stairs. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Jerry's there and he says, and, you know, the epic quote that was repeated in the remake, welcome to Fright Night. The way he rolls it is ah. so cute. And he's like, for real. And now, you know, it's going to it's gonna fuck shit up. Yeah, it's game time. <laughs> it's game time. <laughs> oh, and they try to, you know, use the cross. And he's like, ha, you know, you have no faith. Yeah, bitches. But then they're like, back. And he's like, ah. <laughs> it's actually kind of hilarious his reaction is just like oh. the, the voice yeah. <laughs> it's so oddly out of character horror's done that so many times that we're like we don't know how this guy needs to react <laughs> just yelp just yelp yep <laughs> <laughs> Billy Cole shows up and they start you know they shoot him Billy he, Cole and he gets up yeah and then they just keep that shooting. Shit was wild, yeah. They keep shooting him, and well, he just it was keeps wild walking. Because when he gets back up, they do they use it again because he's coming up the stairs and he's behind him, like. Because <laughs> at this point you're creepy. At that point, you still thought he was human. So, so now you're like, what the fuck is this guy? Yeah, god damn it, they're everywhere. And then Charlie, I think it's Charlie, stabs him in the chest with the like the piece of a picket fence. Yes, pretty brutal. Yeah, and he just like dissolves. Yeah, <sighs> creepy. Kind of like when you kill an orc on one of those Lord of the Rings video games. <laughs> yeah stab excellent and they just go away and he just explodes in like rotten bones yes. down the stairs yes makeup wise it's fucking awesome epic <laughs> and uh something causes peter to lose his fucking shit and bolt out the out the door he goes over to the brewster's house and finds ed is there and uh ed turns into a wolf <laughs> and attacks peter and peter like ed somehow gets stabbed with a, a chair leg mm-hmm and Peter goes back to the house and is like, we got to take care of this. <laughs> we got to do this. Charlie gets locked in the room with Amy, who's now a vampire. And he's like, no, it's a little dramatic. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Hey, this guy didn't really continue acting too much. So, <laughs> And we know we're jumbling events here, but eh. uh, that's, that's Fright Night. That's Fright Night. Does he look a little bit like uh, Alan Ruck to you? To go, <laughs> yeah, to, kind to, of. Yeah. Alan oh, Ruck, how I, dare you? Yeah. I could s- <laughs> Mr. Peterson. Yeah, Mr. Peterson. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I could see that. Just a little bit, which would have been awesome if Alan Ruck actually, <laughs> actually played him. There was a weird, very like similar 80s teenager look that a lot of different actors had. Oh, yeah. Especially actresses. With that side swoop hair. Yeah. yeah. And then the girls, a lot of the girls had short hair. Yeah. The girls who Probably had short hair or like the big like hairspray hair. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, you know, a lot of times they were like the main guy's best friend. Yes. Who actually like loved him. Yep. I just gave you a crash course in almost every 80s rom-com yes. ever made. Yes. You're welcome. That's, that's about right. 80s, 80s comedies too, you know. Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, have you heard the theory? I know this is completely off topic, but you brought up Alan Ruck, so that means it's on topic. Fuck <laughs> um, it. Everything's on topic. Have you watched, have you heard the theory that Ferris Bueller does not exist? That the whole movie is Cameron like losing his mind fight club style and his like Ferris is his Tyler Durden. Oh, that's genius. It makes the film so much crazier. Yeah. I actually like that a lot. Like better. think of all the wild shit Ferris is able to get away with in that movie. 
he would be on the news. Like that's, that's a weird day. But if it's Cameron thinking all this shit is happening, it's a way different movie. That's true. And his part in the story ends when he trashes the Ferrari and is going to face his father. That's the end of the real movie. Mm. That's fucking crazy. (laughs) I like that a lot. (laughs) Film theories are so much fun. They're the best. I love fan theories of films. I try not to dig too deep because I'll get lost and then I'll be (laughs) like, oh, I should have watched a Dune movie. (laughs) True. So they managed to find their faith and fight back Jerry, who is now full vampire. And the sun is rising and Jerry, you know, takes off vamp. Like he turns into a bat and flies down the fucking stairs. That shit was gnarly. <laughs> was not ready for that. Not ready for the pterodactyl slash bat. The pterodactyl. Just, ah! I wasn't ready for that at all. But it looks awesome. Yeah. It just jumps Peter Vincent and he like fights it off with a chair leg. Yes. It's fucking crazy. That shit is awesome. <laughs> awesome decision to make in the middle of your finale. So badass. Oh, brutal love love it yeah (laughs) jerry goes back to the basement gets in his coffin they go down to the basement amy follows him charlie fights off amy peter's trying to open the coffin he opens the coffin he hesitates jerry comes out and it's like ah fuck (laughs) to be fair jerry had so many opportunities to take them out but his arrogance got ahead of him yeah he wanted to keep playing the game yeah yep and that's that's how you get killed he's going for style points yeah and he, he did win for style yeah, he, yeah. That'd be a great so. Halloween costume. The gray trench coat with the red scarf and like some long fingernail extensions. Yes. Some like red contacts. I just, you know, no one's as good looking as him. So oh, yeah. It wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> you could try to do the Colin Farrell bit. <laughs> well, like a, a green t shirt, <laughs> some moose. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um,. So yeah, they end up uh, destroying the windows and just you know bringing the sun in, and the sun just fucks Jerry up. And when he died, Amy came back as a human. Yes. Which I th- in vampire films, I always feel that's a cop out. It is. But I get it. But but yeah, you get it storytelling wise. Yeah. And in the end, you know, she's finally willing to fuck Charlie, so yes. everybody gets their happy ending. Yeah. So that's the beginning of the movie is him trying to get laid, and then at the end of the movie, he gets laid. Yeah, it's so really the whole movie is just about Charlie trying to get laid. The entire movie is a metaphor for trying to fuck Amy. <laughs> yes, yeah, trying to finally, yeah. And, Jerry is know. basically, you know, a walking cockblock. Yes. <laughs> That's what this is all about. It's a metaphor, yeah, and, you know, it's American Pie before American Pie. Like, so, yeah. Fright Night. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Fright Night. No, it's much better than that. No. Yeah. No, but that's hilarious, though, that you kind of, it, it does it, begin, begin and end that way, and, and horror is so funny with how how it self subconsciously is like distracting you and knows what it's doing, does this with a bunch of you know tropes with uh, with like with sex right with Halloween yeah. you know that stuff is fascinating to me really funny and an amazing trope to put inside your movie. Oh sweet yeah, uh, Peter somehow gets his job back. Yeah now he's you know talking about to Charlie. I love that because no one else is gonna know who the fuck Charlie is. He's like, he's going to get viewer mail like, who's Charlie? (laughs) But Charlie Brewster? Yeah. I love Charlie sees those eyes at Jerry's house and he's like, what was that? And Amy's immediately like, what's wrong? Like, there's no playing around anymore. They've been through hell. Yeah. He's like, no, it's nothing. But what it is, it's fucking evil Ed because Vincent missed the heart. Exactly. However, 
how come Amy became human? Ed and didn't. Not, and not Ed. Yeah. That's just a decision they decided to make uh, when writing the screenplay? I don't well, it's inconsistent. If you're going to make up rules, you got to follow them. <laughs> Those are the rules. What are the rules? <laughs> maybe it's because maybe Amy didn't drink human blood, but Ed did. Hmm. That could be it. That could be. There's there there they, this movie seems thought out. I don't think they would have just been like, "Oh, fuck it." Yeah. There's got to be that yeah, there's got to be some reasoning. I'm sure there is. But uh yeah, that's Fright Night. It's a great movie. <laughs> so many great movement moments. I know we missed out a lot. Like, where the hell was Charlie's mom this whole time? The she cops was... not giving a shit. I well, she's it. she's so attracted to Jerry to Jerry that she just really doesn't care. Oh yeah, I forgot. Ed pointed out. Apparently, she's working nights. Yes, <laughs> working nights. <laughs> Wonderful. That's Wonderful the point movie. of a pop quiz. <laughs> Goddamn, his vampire acting was very good, though. It's I thought he was creepy. Wild. <laughs> His hair. I hope he brought that same kind of gusto and tenacity to his passion in life. Yes. I'm yes. sure he did. Yes. <laughs> While grabbing life by the balls. Yeah. Quite a, grabbing a lot of things by the balls. Uh, here's some film we have some facts for you. <laughs> Number one, it was Chris Sarandon's idea to have Jerry eating apples throughout the film. While researching vampire lore, Sarandon looked at information about bats and concluded that Jerry had a lot of fruit bat in his DNA. And it actually makes him look scarier eating fruit all the time. Oh, for sure. I've always thought, especially oranges, because we know what those are used for, you know, when you put them in a sack and beat somebody up. So if you're just eating oranges, that's really creepy to me because do you have a lot of those? Like, is that something that you use? Because, you know, we've seen it in movies. Have you seen uh, The Grifters? It's used really well in that movie. Uh, Fargo, it's been used before. Uh, It's, yeah, it's a great, like, gangster trope to use the, and so when I see, like, a guy eating oranges, I'm wondering, that guy probably doesn't just eat those. <laughs> You'll see on Fargo soon with Chris Rock. Oh my God. <laughs> I have never made that connection in my life, but, you know, the more I think about it, nobody just has one orange. There's always... Ex- that's my yeah. point. I, 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 went, I went about that in a roundabout way, Jesus Christ, but, <laughs> but yes, oranges. <laughs> Super creepy. <laughs> There's something about just walking around eating an apple, like, whole. Oh, the sound? Yeah. Yeah, there's something ominous and like pretentious about that. Hundred percent. Well, and the whole the whole thing. I mean, even something as simple as Captain Barbosa. Yeah. You know stuff like that, or you know, it's been used in movies. Apples. But that sound. Oh. But what's even weirder is like if a guy just has like a bag of grapes. Like, <laughs> the fuck is wrong with that guy? <laughs> he just has like a plastic bag and just, just eating them one by one. That would be really weird. Or like a bushel of bananas. <laughs> And just like peeling no, just them. just one. You're like, Peel- that guy's going to shit soon. Yeah. Like he's got the bushel. They're all like unpicked and he's just peeling the peel off all of them and then like taking a big bite. Like, I'd be terrified of that guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, God damn. Anyone who's willing to eat six bananas at once is going to fuck you up. Exactly. That's a strong person. Uh, my, one of my favorite fruit bits while we're here is, uh, is Charlie. And it's always sunny. Yeah. When he eats the entire pear in like two seconds. And Max like, what? Did you eat the whole thing? The stem too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of tastes like sand. <laughs> That's one of my favorite episodes. I will oh, I will consistently, God. whenever I'm in like, you know, half price books or a flea market or something, just for kicks, I'll just go like, well, I'm obviously not going to pay full price. I will not pay full price. And the person at the counter <laughs> either is like, oh, good one. And they get it and we move on. Or they're like, what? <laughs> Uh, I refuse. 
<laughs> Beautiful. Number two. Writer-director Tom Holland conceived the role of Peter Vincent with Vincent Price in mind. But Price's health was declining. He was trying to shy away from accepting horror roles by that point in his career. So this could have actually been Vincent Price versus Chris Sarandon, which would have been fucking amazing. Incredible, right? I <laughs> yeah. Mean, yeah, the, uh, you know, any of our longtime film guys and listeners know that he holds, uh, Price holds a weird, like, weirdly special place because of the, you know, first half of the films, but him as a man, you know. That's something that we'll never get tired of, like, revisiting and going back to his... Oh, he was the bomb. He's just kind of the shit. He's a great person. And it'd be really cool to have a guy like that in the horror community, like, right now. Just kind of a, a leader, a real true voice, and, you know, maybe we will soon. The I closest th- we've got, in my opinion, is Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Solid guy, loves his job, Cares loves his fans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, solid guy. Authenticity, yeah. Number three. Originally, the script featured a radically different ending, which was revised prior to filming. As Charlie and Amy lie on the bed making out, Fright Night comes on TV. Peter Vincent declares, quote, Tonight's creepy crawler is Dracula Strikes Again, obviously about vampires. You know what vampires look like, don't you? They look like this. Charlie and Amy are horrified as Peter begins to transform. Once his transformation into a vampire is complete, Peter stares into the camera, says, Hello, Charlie and then the picture freeze frames and the credits roll. As neat as that sounds, I'm glad they didn't do it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> because logically it wouldn't have made sense. Uh, yeah, I know. Especially no. since Charlie's the one who gets bit at the at the house, not Peter Vincent. Exactly. But, you know, I can understand them wanting to go for a shock ending, but I think what they ended up doing worked. Number four. In 2015, when asked if he could do a sequel to any of his movies, ignoring existing reboots, For a YouTube fan questions video, writer-director Tom Holland replied that he'd like to do a follow-up to Fright Night, Mm -hmm. utilizing the original cast. His proposed plot was that single father Charlie Brewster inherits his mother's home, and soon after taking up residence, his two teenage children become convinced that there's something evil in the house next door, namely Evil Ed, who is squatting in the abandoned mansion, attempting to resurrect Jerry Dandridge. Jesus. I would watch the absolute hell out of that movie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Me too. Oh, and speaking of Fright Night 2, there was one sequel, 1988's Fright Night Part 2. Roddy McDowell and William Ragsdale both return as Peter Vincent and Charlie Brewster as they face off against Jerry's demented sister, Regina, who wants revenge against them both. And I haven't seen this as it is ridiculously hard to get a hold of this movie. It didn't get a wide theater distribution in 1988 because, get this, the chairman of the studio, Jose Menendez, was murdered by his sons. You may know them as the infamous Menendez brothers who shot and killed their parents in 1989. Their dad was the head of live entertainment which produced Fright Night 2. What the fuck? That is insane. As a result, the film got a limited release. It's basically dumped on video as an afterthought. Since then, DVDs and Blu-rays of this film are very hard to find and it's unavailable to stream anywhere. So there's a very good chance I may never get to watch Fright Night 2, which is very tragic to me. (laughs) That sucks. Fright Night itself has been like very hard to get a hold of on DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah, I've never. That, yeah, that's why it's kind of taken me so long. I waited until it was on a show. Yeah, let you know, just borrow it from you. But I don't get why this movie isn't so insanely more popular. Oh, I'm definitely going to advocate for it. That, yeah. You know, I, I would give it a solid, solid eight. It's something that I'm going to revisit and could rise. I, yeah, dude, this is this is one of the better vampire movies, uh, hands down. It's a fun watch. The remake came out in 2011. It was actually pretty good. 
It was directed by Craig Gillespie, who directed Lars and the Real Girl, would go on to direct I, Tanya. Mm-hmm. Stars Colin Farrell as Jerry Dandridge. Anton Yelchin as Charlie Brewster. Christopher mintz Plas as Evil Ed. Imogen Poots as Amy. Tony Collette as Charlie's mom. And David Tennant as Peter Vincent. It was a modest success, but it is certified fresh in Rotten Tomatoes with 72%. And coming from a horror film purist who usually hates remakes, this is actually a pretty decent film. Yeah, yeah, we brought it up earlier, and I, I really do think it's worth worth worthwhile. It It isn't a shot-for-shot shot remake. It actually does add a lot to the mythos. I love the idea of setting it in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, a town where people are going to be just asleep during the day, exactly. walking around at night, going to randomly disappear. Yep. What, that's, uh, that's fucking brilliant. It's perfect. Colin Farrell, I liked his take on Jerry. I thought it was a lot more sinister, mm-hmm. but that's, he still has that same charm. Loved it. I love that Tony Collette does, yeah. like actually brought some depth to Charlie's mom, made her less of a obstacle and more of an like actually contributed to the plot. Yes. I thought David Tennant as like a Chris Angel mind freak Peter Vincent was so fucking cool. <laughs> David Tennant's great. David Tennant's the man. I love him. Guy's great. Oh, Mella. <laughs> yeah. So it has its own sequel, 2013's Fright Night 2, but it was direct to video, features none of the cast, so why bother talking about it? The movie, Stupid. the movie is just, I, I looked at like parts of it. It looks so cheaply made, so horrible. I hate that shit. Ugh. But yeah, if you have time, Fright Night, the remake is, is actually pretty good. Check it out. Yeah, I agree. I give Fright Night, the original, a solid 10. It's yeah. one of my favorite horror movies, one of my favorite vampire movies, if not my all-time favorite, honestly. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely up there. It might be my favorite. I like Near Dark a lot, but this is not a genre that, would churn out a lot of tens. I know. The vampire genre. So yeah, it's special when it does. Well, it's been like, there's some landmark films, but mm-hmm. overall, I think people have leaned way more towards like the sexy side of vampires instead of the scary side of vampires. So there's not a lot of good vampire horror films out there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's more profitable to market, you know, Jennifer's body than it is to yeah. market. Yeah. You know, a different take on it where it actually does feel scary yeah. like it's always bothered me in movies how dracula is portrayed as this like romantic figure who just wants love and is like seducing women like if you've read dracula he's a fucking monster from beginning to end so weird there's no seduction mm-hmm. in the book he is just trying to kill and reproduce how as much as he can yeah so i don't know where this idea of dracula romantic as a romantic society, figure yeah. where did that come from oh money yeah, I for guess. Market, for marketing, yeah. I don't remember it in the Lugosi Dracula, but it's certainly all over the Sucks. Oldman Dracula. But Jerry, he's my Dracula. <laughs> yeah, me too. So to prove whether Fright Night is my all-time favorite, uh, Austin has set up a tournament of sorts featuring uh, most of the vampire movies that I have seen in my lifetime so far. We're going to go through them, and I'm going to choose my favorites and end up with a solid favorite vampire movie ever. Yes. And... uh Disclaimer, as of this recording, I have not seen Let the Right One In, Interview with the Vampire, Only Lovers Left Alive, The Hunger, or John Carpenter's Vampires. So I don't expect to see them. However, all of those films are in the book, so they will come up eventually. Yes, but we do have 16 movies altogether. Yes, indeed. Which is quite a lot for a subgenre. And uh, we'll call this one The Vampire Cup. (laughs) Starting off, this is, um, Connor gave me in order his favorites, so I tried to order them very randomly. You know what's going to be there at the end, but it's about the journey. <laughs> it's about the journey. And who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe I'll have second thoughts. There's been some upsets in the past. There have. There have been upsets. All right. First matchup, we got The Last Man on Earth. 
First Dracula, 31. All right. So, The Last Man on Earth, Vincent Price. Uh, adaptation of the novel I Am Legend by... Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I, I know his name. Oh, man, this is... Oh, son of a bitch. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's all right. No, do, ah, I know this guy. Novel the same name, Richard... Rich, mm, son of a... We're not continuing until I get this. <laughs> Richard Matheson. God <laughs> damn it. Oh, Sean, if you hear this, I am so sorry. Richard Matheson, why do I know that? God damn it, I'm such an idiot. Uh. <laughs> I knew that. You don't take shit from nobody. <laughs> we don't take no prisoners. God damn. Oh, no, um, we don't take no for an answer. It's a clip-on. Are you sure? <laughs> Richard? <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so yeah, I Am Legend by Richard Matheson. Uh, Last Man on Earth stars Vincent Price as, well, the last man on Earth, mm-hmm. surrounded by vampires who all see him as the boogeyman. Yeah. Dracula 1931 is the first popular uh, version of Dracula. Bela Lugosi defined the role. However, I found Dracula 31 to be a really boring movie, so I'm going to go The Last Man on Earth. All right. I found that entertaining. Love me some Vincent Price. And I just think Dracula 31 does not have much to it. It's like an hour 20 and there's nothing happens. It's a very, very dull movie. Frustrating. Yeah. We'll move to the other side of the bracket here and uh, start at the top with Salem's Lot versus Fright Night 2011. <laughs> We've done Salem's Lot in the past, uh, the original miniseries from 1979, based on the epic novel by Stephen King. However, the miniseries is pretty weak. Uh, Kurt, yeah. yeah. Barlow is a fucking shell of who he's supposed to be. Uh-huh. The cast is pretty forgettable. Whereas the Fright Night remake, as we just discussed, is a pretty entertaining movie. So, Fright Night. Easy enough. All right. That'll bring us to Underworld versus Horror of Dracula. Interesting. Interesting. So, Underworld is a film I credit with kind of revamping this genre. Yes. Uh, Epic battle between werewolves and vampires that have been raging for centuries. And uh, Kate Beckinsale plays Celine, a vampire assassin who discovers some vast conspiracy. And uh, that was pretty good. Horror of Dracula is Christopher Lee's first stab at playing Dracula, uh, direct, you know, produced by the Hammer Horror Company. Really messes with the story. Uh, Van Helsing is on some kind of personal vendetta. It's very weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, that, that film is such an odd... Underworld. <laughs> Underworld. It's been a long time since I saw that, but I fucking love Bill Nighy, and I love Michael Sheen. Yeah, that was a good movie. Oh, yeah. All right. We got it. Uh, here, here's a fun one. Dracula 92 verse from Dusk Till Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Dracula 92. All right. So I, there's some things I like about this movie, but there's a lot I don't like. And I just talked about how much I hate how they romanticize Dracula. And this exactly. movie this movie did it worse than anybody. Uh, but Gary Oldman really kills it as Dracula. But Keanu Reeves, who I, I usually really like, fucking ruins that movie. He's terrible. He, why in the hell they would ever cast Keanu as a British guy? Are you Don't kidding? Know. Are you kidding me? Don't know. Jesus Christ. Uh, whereas from Dust Till Dawn, you've got Tarantino and Rodriguez, you've got Clooney, you've got Keitel, you've got Lewis, you've got Danny Trejo, you've got Tom Savini. From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. yeah I mean, Jesus we, we Christ. Did that, we did that at what, a few months ago? Yeah. Two, three months ago. That was good. That was a fun one. Oh yeah. Uh here's a here's an interesting matchup. Uh, <laughs> uh movie we covered early on. 
uh, on the Roman Polanski podcast pod- episode, uh, Fearless Vampire Killers versus Near Dark, 1987. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Fearless Vampire Killers is a travesty. <laughs> that movie is... So silly. ...is ridiculous. It's, there's one part of that movie... <laughs> I, there's one part I like, and it's where they're being chased, and they both grab swords off the wall and make a big cross. That was pretty funny. That yeah. made me laugh, but the rest of that movie's fucking garbage. It's pretty silly, yeah. Near Dark is is a badass modern day Western with vampires and Bill Paxton, maybe his greatest performance ever. So yeah, near dark. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think, I think this will be pretty easy for you. Uh, blade versus vampires kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. <laughs> or blade oh or blade. Badass nineties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first real hit from Marvel versus yeah. <laughs> one of the worst movies Nicholas Cage ever did. And these days that is really saying something. <laughs> blade that's not even a discussion yep. although vampire's kiss is one i would love to do on this podcast one day because that movie is ridiculous and just super uncomfortable <laughs> at times god <laughs> absolute mess nicholas cage deserves about eight episodes of his own yeah <laughs> we could do an entire podcast series on that man alone <laughs> the amount of films he churns out per month it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, there's been years where it's like, oh my god, that guy. Uh, th- this one, this one's interesting. I-, I don't think it's really close at all for either of us, but it is an interesting uh, matchup. That would be the Lost Boys, 1987, and what we do in the shadows. <laughs> it has been a long time since I saw the Lost Boys, and uh, I think my disdain for Kiefer Sutherland is what keeps me from going back into it. And uh, honestly, Corey Feldman too. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't have a beef with Corey Haim, but him too. Just that movie's just so weak compared to the other vampire movies that was happening that were happening around it. That one just kind of I don't get the love. It's like, such a weird. It's so frustrating. That that's the one. Yeah, that people hold on to now. Like that's the one. You've got Fright Night, Near Dark, and Lost Boys, and that's the one that's become like the the biggest cult classic. I don't get it. Whereas What We Do in the Shadows is one of the funniest goddamn movies I've seen in years. Yeah, and it's <laughs> just Taika Waititi as a weird vampire trying to live his life in Wellington. Yeah. It, it has an argument to be the funniest movie of the decade. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. What we do in the shadows takes it by a landslide. Yeah. All That's right. hilarious. This would be the last matchup of the first round saved Fright Night 1985 versus 30 Days of Night. <laughs> well, I think we just spent an hour talking about how much we love Fright Night. 30 Days of Night had such a brilliant concept, but was so poorly executed, I thought. And the idea of vampires, you know, attacking this town where the sun only rises every 30 days. Mm-hmm. That's that's an awesome idea. But just no, I don't I'm not really a Josh Hartnett fan. Me neither. And I thought Danny Houston was wasted as the bad guy. Yeah. I thought the, like the idea that they had their own language was weird. And uh, yeah, I thought that movie was just very forgettable. So obviously Friday night. Oh, yeah. It's a bit jumbled. Imagine if I just went, oh, 30 days of night. <laughs> Classic. Would completely Jesus. undermine everything I just fucking yeah. said. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, we'll go, uh, let's go back to the other side. Talk about Fright Night 2011 versus Blade. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> it, it, the, from here on out, it's going to be tough. Yeah. yeah. Damn. The, right. the Elite Eight. Yeah. yeah. As much as I, I do enjoy the Fright Night remake, Blade is on a different level. That oh, movie yeah. is so special to me and such a badass horror movie, badass action movie. So definitive, like important in my own life. Blade. Gotta be. Absolutely. Gotta be. Good call. 
All right, let's stay on that side of the bracket and go from dust till dawn versus what we do in the shadows. <laughs> you got two very different kinds of comedy with that. Yes. Because from dust till dawn is very tongue in cheek, but it is very serious. Whereas what we do in the shadows is just goofy and hilarious and just embraces what it is. Oh. <sighs> Damn, that's a tough one. With that, I really think it just feel it comes down to what am I? What do I feel like watching? You know, when I want to watch one of those movies, I don't think either one of those is better than the other. Yeah, I, I do love them both, but I have to go with what we do in the shadows. All right, I like it. Sorry to you, Tarantino fans out there. I know, but yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to you got to be honest with yourself. You got to kill your darlings, man. Got to be honest with yourself. Here, here's a. I'm very curious about this one. I mean. Near Dark, 1987, versus Underworld. <laughs> All right. Beckinsale versus Bigelow. Beckinsale versus Bigelow. <laughs> Paxton versus Sheen. Hendrickson versus <laughs> Nye. Whoever played that Craven dude versus whoever played John Connor's stepmom in T2. <laughs> I, I don't remember their names. <laughs> um, damn. All right, so it's been a it's been a good minute since I saw Underworld. And Near Dark, I just watched for the first time when we did the podcast a few months ago. Yeah. <sighs> Underworld has the werewolf side of it. Got a really cool story. I do love Underworld 2 more. Mmm. Mmm. God damn, that's a tough... It's tough. That is tough. I'm sorry, I gotta go Underworld. Underworld makes it to the final four. I thought that movie did wonders with bringing vampires back into the mainstream. And I thought it was just a really cool idea. Hell yeah. We got Fright Night, 1985, versus The Last Man on Earth. <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah. Vincent Price. Yep. The role you could have had. Could have been Price versus Price. I'm going to go, yeah, Fright Night. Last Man on Earth is really good, but it does not hold a candle. No, it's got to be Fright Night, right? Which, yeah. would, which would send it to the Final Four, setting up a matchup on the other side of the bracket between Blade and What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> I would love to see... A combo of that movie. Yes. Blade just knocks down their doors, starts fucking them up. Mashup, yeah. <laughs> you guys make vampires look bad, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's nighttime. <laughs> oh, man. I just think you would enjoy a sandwich more if you knew no one had fucked it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, just clean this up. And... Yeah, it's Blade. Blade. Yeah, that movie's just so dear to my heart. And it's so grisly. Like, yeah, unforgiving. Sure, the first sure. movie is so brutal. Such a brutally, just horrific horror movie. I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I love it. Blade, Blade's, Blade's so good. Pro- might be my favorite of all these movies. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> I know. And Fright Night versus Underworld. Yeah, Fright Night. Fright Night. Underworld, good run. Good yeah. Run. Underworld's great. Underworld took down uh, Horror of Dracula and Near Dark to make it to the final four. So Underworld's run. just a, an entertaining flick. And it's, yeah, I, the sequels are okay. Two is pretty good, but yeah. Let's do a, let's do a third place match between what we do in the shadows and underworld. Okay. Would, would it be what we do? It would be. So it makes underworld got fourth place. Hey, that's, that's pretty good. You're walking away with no medals, but <laughs> hey, you made some noise. Here's your, you know, discount coupon to the sizzler. <laughs> and, and, you know, we have championship round between what I knew and you knew to be yeah, your two favorites. I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Fright Night versus Blade. Fright Night versus Blade. It's not fair. It's not fair. Oh, God damn. Okay. I'm going to have to analyze this. Okay. Explain <laughs> it. Explain it to yourself. Just talk yourself through it. 
These are the two films that have influenced my work more than anything else. Fright Night and Blade. Oh, God damn it. Jerry Dandridge versus Deacon Frost. Charlie Brewster versus Abraham Whistler. Yeah. Peter Vincent versus Karen. <laughs> <laughs> got that weird zombie guy. You got Quinn, who just keeps on coming. <laughs> you, got, you, can't get, you can't get him away. You can slice him. You can dice him. But the Quinn man just keeps on coming. <laughs> Fucking love Donald Logue. Goddamn. Ah, <clears throat> oh, Blade. One of, hands down, one of my favorite episodes we've done on this show oh, yeah. has been Blade. But Fright Night has also been a goddamn good time. <laughs> I've had some fun. Yeah. <laughs> this has been fun. Oh, son of a bitch. This is fair. This is like having to pick between like your two favorite kids. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Marvel. It's Fright Night. Yeah. God damn it. I knew it. Yeah. Oh, I feel bad. You gave it a 10. It's got to be Fright Night. Blade will go home with a copy of the home game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can go home knowing. Uh, I love Blade to death. Fright Night has been it's been a part of my life for longer, and it's like just such a fantastic, well put together horror film. The Champ, Fright Night, nineteen eighty five. Get your asses on the couch and watch it. Absolutely. Oh, that was fun. God damn. <laughs> oh, and I had a lot of you know other ones didn't make the cut, like Daybreakers, and uh, the Little Vampire, just weird ones, you know. Random shit, yeah. But that went with you know the best of the best, the ones that would make Hotel fun. Transylvania, of course. Yeah. I haven't actually seen that. No. Of course. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope Hotel you- Transylvania 2. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a good chunk of three because I had to work at a draft house. <laughs> I was going to say, surely one of those was during your run. Yeah. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hope you enjoyed this one. We certainly did. If you enjoy this podcast, you want to see it evolve into something even better, feel free to donate anything you want to the cause. Every little bit goes right back into the show, allows mm-hmm. us to make everything better, get new equipment, rent the movies. Yeah, see more stuff. If you want to donate, head to the Filmgasm podcast page on whatever your podcast platform is. Click on support this podcast in the description. You choose to do that. Thank you very much. If you don't, we understand, but we hope you're gonna, we're going to convince you someday. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, we want to use like, uh, every bit of anything for renting stuff or getting an Apple TV Plus subscription, you know, shit like that, because we want to keep, keep watching. We've things. got big plans for next year, and, uh, you know, every little bit helps. Yeah. So... Obviously, next week is Halloween. And last year, we, of course, tackled Carpenter's classic 1978 Halloween. So we're going to keep that tradition going. And this year, for the week of Halloween, we're diving into 1981's Halloween 2. Yes. Laurie Strode is in the hospital after her horrific night of murder, violence, and fright. But Michael is not finished yet. He tracks her to the hospital and starts killing everyone he could find to get to her, all leading to a shocking revelation that connects Michael and Laurie deeper than we ever thought. Personally, I thought it was stupid, but, you know, we're going to talk about it. Hell yeah. Tune in next week to hear more. And if your next door neighbor is a vampire, maybe try and go kill him during the day. But then again, only if you are sure. See you next Wednesday. (laughs) 